This is Confessions of an Actress podcast, and I'm your host, Meredith Patterson. For the past two decades, I have worked as an actress in the entertainment industry on Broadway and TV and film. This podcast is my insight, observations, and in-depth interviews with my friends and colleagues about what life is really like in show business. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Confessions of an Actress podcast. I'm your host, Meredith Patterson. And on today's episode, I have one of the most beloved tenors in this industry, Mike Eldred. He is an incredible singer. He is a Broadway star. He has performed in recordings, radio, television, and I just adore him. He is a, a somebody that I just got a chance to work with for the first time in this industry last year here at the Alpine Theater Projects, um, Yule, a Yuletide event that they do every year. And I got to share the stage with him, and I just was blown away. And everybody that ever talks about him talks about just this voice that he has, which I encourage you to, after you learn a little bit about him as a person, go and listen to his voice, MikeEldred.com. Search Mike Eldred. He has done an incredible job documenting um, his his music. He has a new a new song that's out called Here For You, a recent single that um, has a really great video. And I adore, I adore him as a person. So without further ado, my friend, Mike Eldred. In my opinion. What? Do it. Exactly. <laughs> Just do it. There is no, you know, it, that, thank you. See? This is true. I listen to my, I listen to my um, contemporaries, my colleagues. I have literally, since I met you, which I feel like I, I had to have met you before I met you last year, right? Why does, see, this is what happens when you get older in the business and, you, and you've been, mm-hmm. been in the business so long that you're like, I know that mm-hmm. I've known you because it's, it, it is a big business, but it's also such a small community, especially the us theater folk. Well, let me say, you're the, you're the type of person, the kind of person that when you do meet you, it's as if surely you've you know we've met somewhere before at some point don't and that's call, what I, don't call me Shirley <laughs> that's what I felt when we actually officially melt met yeah um, was that no this has happened before yeah somehow we've met we've met before isn't that a song if uh-huh. it isn't let's write one uh-huh there's also Facebook too and there's you know, also Facebook Dustin for years and years so it's true I it's... probably feel like I know you through him it's when the worlds collide him. and and it is a you know one degree of separation business that we're in especially the broadway community mm-hmm. but you know i'm glad that we are now connected and now living in the same place can you believe that it's so bizarre to me it is that... to me too i don't think it's really sunk in i don't know when it's going to sink in but <laughs> yeah. well let me say i've been here 15, 16 years now. Oh, wow. You know, not full time. I, you know, my ex and I had a, a place here that I would come for months at a time when yeah. I wasn't in a show in New York or if I wasn't doing something in Nashville or on the road, I would come here and hang. Yeah. And that's been for 15. Wait, let me think about this. That would have been 2004. Okay. So 16 years. I'm a dancer. Plus. I count to eight. I'm terrible with math. So, <laughs> <laughs> And I will say that I still feel like I can't believe that I live here. Yeah. Like I shouldn't be. Like it's too too good to be true. Yeah. It's, I, I know it that is that crazy. kind of place. Mm-hmm. No, you're right. It's that kind of place. And it's weird because... I don't, I mean, I don't know. I kind of roll with it. I think we have to be gypsies and kind of, you know, like you Mm. said, you're, you're, you may live in one place, but you're off doing, you know, fabulous concerts and, and Mm. things like that. And, and that's what we do. That's kind of the life. That is what we used to do. That's for sure. (laughs) Oh, yes, it is. (laughs) We used to do that. I know. I used to do that a lot. And yes, you did. Man, oh, man. Oh, man. You know, I, Ay, ay, ay. It feels like it's the topic of, of it's almost been a year now mm-hmm. um, of especially our industry of like, when are we going to get back to doing what we're doing or, or trying to reinvent how we're doing what mm-hmm. we're doing, which it's, it just isn't the same, you know, that, that feeling of being on stage. And I know I've barely seen you and I've been here for four months. I know that we did Yuletide last year, which is a concert that the Alpine Theater Project does. Mm-hmm. And yep. and we didn't do it together this year because um, 
there is there there is this real uh, up and down. I don't know if it's an up and down fear of being around people in general. And then if you're trying to film something, like how do you do this and yet still be safe from? It's funny. I had this hard. conversation with a friend this morning, and I don't know that I would call it fear as much as I would call it. Yeah, being incredibly cautious, mm-hmm. and you know, for me. The way I look at this, and it's not just selfish, but it is largely, I think, you know, if I lose the ability to sing or breathe, for mm-hmm. instance, I, I'm done. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm sure I could find something else to do at 55, but at this point, I have to think about it as, you know what, you don't need to take any extra risks. You don't but it's not need... even something to do. It's you. Like, you are your voice. You yeah. know what I mean? It's like anyone who's that I know who's a singer, it's such a part of your spirit, right? It is, and it's something I have, you know, um, counted on for as long as I can remember. I mean, yeah. it's, it is, it is part, like you said, it's part of what makes me me. Yeah. And, you know, I've had times, as all most artists have, where you have to do other things to just sort of make do. And, yeah, of course. But But even during those times, I still, my day consisted of singing. And yeah. making music. So that to me, it's like, you know, you don't want to be one of those ridiculous opera singers that goes, oh, the instrument, the instrument. Be careful. <laughs> I used to say, but... <laughs> save the gift, keep it silky. Right. I can't, I can't scream. I must not glottal stop. You know, all these things, mm-hmm. which is not, you know, I don't think it's ridiculous. I think it definitely is. Obviously, I have a lot of humor behind it, but I do uh, mm-hmm. protect my gift I thought the same thing you know and I I've actually had COVID I got it and I was I I call it fear because I didn't think I was so afraid of it but there was so many emotions happening when I got it and and the the crying but the fear of not being able to express myself creatively because of because of that scarring my lungs now that would be dancing or singing or speaking or any of it Mm -hmm. um sure it was a real, a real deep down fear and kind of, um, you know, when it happened, I, I, cause you didn't know, I didn't know what was going to happen. So right. ca- caution, fear or protection of your instrument. Right. And, and yeah. No, I was just going to say, first of all, I'm thrilled that you did well with mm-hmm. it and that your family did well with it. And that to me is most of the people I know have, you know, they've conquered. I guess that's the way to look at it for this. Yeah. At, at this time, at this point in the process, they're doing really well. And I also have lost three really good friends in the last two weeks. So, oh, wow. God. you know, it's the reality is it is something to be afraid of. And yeah. It is something not that fear can really help you do anything. But this is sort of how I've decided since March, honestly, to move forward is to protect, not take any additional risks, mm-hmm. just do everything I can, not just for me, but for the people I see every day, my, the people who are in my life. That exactly. I and, you know, I have not been perfect with that, but it's been such a priority to me that I'm sure that I'm driving my friends crazy, <laughs> but just by saying no all the time. It's, you know, you know it, it. I and I respect you for that. Honestly, I um I know that a lot of people uh it's a polarizing issue. Everybody's treating it differently, but you know, I think um you do have to be authentic to how you feel about sure. it. Mm-hmm. And and speaking to that, I've thought a lot about you and how you are and I've been wondering like how are you? What is your day to day? You know, it's it's and it's sad that it's a podcast that takes me to <laughs> We're recording it to get me to get that question out. But well, um, I get up, yeah. I have coffee, I have coffee, and then <laughs> I'm kidding. Thank God for that. No, <laughs> what would we do without coffee? <sighs> you know, fortunately for me, uh, the last several years since 2016, I've had a nice size, you know, voice studio, mm-hmm. and so I have several students that I've, you know, been been working with both locally and nationally. So a lot of my studio was online already. Oh, that's so smart. And then I moved, obviously, this spring, I moved all of my local students to online as well. 
So that my job, as far as my income with students and being able to interact with, you know, teaching people and, and encouraging, that's still going strong. Yeah. And I'm fortunate for that. The, the one thing that COVID has helped me sort of <laughs> come to terms with in my life is that I always wanted to be more creative than I've been. I've always wanted to write more. I've always wanted to, you know, just do more things than just go out and do concerts or go do a show. There's a part of me that's, I moved to Montana to sort of take some risks and make some changes as an artist. It's so, um, it's, it's such a common thread. But I didn't do it, Meredith. I mean, I didn't, I mean, things, I, and I'm not complaining, but there were things that just kept presenting themselves in my career that, that I, that took priority. I mean, putting money in the bank has always taken priority. Yeah. That's for most people, even not in our business, but I I totally get it. And because our business is self-motivated, really, you know, you can have all these ideas, but you have to implement them. Even if, you know, I don't, I don't really care what level that you're at. Like you really have to be the person to do it and carve out time. And when you are somebody who's called upon to do a lot of things, it's hard to say no when there's a paycheck. It's true. And this year has been great in that sense. Um, I've had to, with my nonprofit, Amazing Place Music, I've had to sort of recreate and reinvent what it's going to be moving forward because basically it's a concert series that serves 100 or so people. Mm -hmm. Um, I bring in artists from around the country, you know, Grammy Award winners, um, folks who are very successful in the business for many years. I saw you're bringing in Jim Brickman and he's, nice. he's the reason, one of the reasons I started playing piano. So I was really, yeah. So not to sidetrack, but I saw that I was like, <laughs> oh my God, that's amazing. Yeah. But that, you know, that, that right there, um, is amazing that you're doing that and you are, you know, well, let me, thank you. Yeah. But I, it, you know, and it's been a couple of years of, of building a successful small business. Mm-hmm. You know, again, I have a hundred to 120 people that fit on the stage of the performing arts center. And I put this audience closely packed in around the artist. Um, and we all for 90 minutes, sing, talk, ask questions, interact with these people, find out, you know, my friend Marcus Hummond was here. He wrote, God bless the broken road. He's got several number oh, one hits. Oh, I love hits. that. Yeah. But the audience got to say, so, you know, what inspired that? And then he would answer and then, you know, that kind of stuff. And it, it's up close and intimate. So immediately <laughs> we knew that wasn't going to be an option anymore. Oh, that just sounds so glorious to be able to, like, I'm thinking about being, even just being in the audience for something like that. I'm just craving it. But yes, you had it's, to, you, know, you weren't, allowed, weren't able yeah. to do that. Yeah. So I postponed, I canceled 2020 and postponed it for 2021. And then, of course, as this evolved, I realized, well, you're going to be lucky to be able to do this in 2021. Yeah. Now, things are looking up as far as vaccine and, but, you know, just the, the idea of people cramming into a, a, a tight spot while someone sings on them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> not, you know, is not the most attractive business concept at this point. So... I've now started focusing on creating virtual. I've started, you know, I've written a couple of songs mm-hmm. since COVID started. Oh, yes, and yes, you have. For me, They're this is beautiful. All, thank you. And these are all things that I would not probably, probably would not have, you know, taken the time or energy to do as long as I was out there making money. And it's, you know, it, <laughs> I no, I, I agree with you, but also this is such a common conversation with artists especially people who are creative or you know songwriters people who are writers that you have had the chance to stop and now focus on what you've wanted to do you have the time to do it Mm -hmm. and even just the fact that you can reflect in that positive spin with such a devastating year I think is such a great thing for your mental state right Mm. I mean I think it's such a great perspective to take absolutely the the place of gratitude I mean I can't say that I've always been that guy oh I haven't either (laughs) I've gone through my stages for sure yeah but I would say in the last you know since I probably turned 40 I've really concentrated on being grateful Mm -hmm. for being able to do what I do and 
more so now than ever. Yeah. And, you know, I whatever the, the situation is that, that causes me to have to stop and, and remember gratitude. And why is it 40? Why is it, it happened to me too? I was like, why can't I, I be, why can't I be in this place of gratitude earlier? But I, well, you know, you, you, know, you look around and you go, particularly in New York, you look around and you go, wow, everybody is half my age that's in this business. Yeah. Yeah. Not everybody, but mostly, you know. Yeah. And so you go, wow, and I'm still doing it. I'm still here doing it. Yeah. You know, and that, you know. It's a, it's a marathon, not a sprint. I was told that when I was 20 and I, by, by an older, um, a theater actress who I absolutely adore. And I, and I took it to heart and I went, you know what? Yes, but I'm still going to try to sprint. I'm going to try to sprint my way through it because, you know, everything's measurable by your resume, I guess, at that point, you know, you have to, yeah, you got (laughs) to, exactly. You have to have the B word, you know, the stamp of Broadway and all these things that, that we put upon ourselves or the, the industry puts on us as well. But Mm -hmm. I do find that, that, when or if you are in a position where you are made to slow down and you are made to reflect and you're made to kind of focus in, um, that gratitude hopefully comes in and that practice and also really focusing on what you want in this right. business, right? As opposed to what is being thrown your way or told that you should want or you know what I mean? I do. And and I would go so far as to say appreciating where you are yes. and what you're actually doing. Yes. And being in the moment of, you know, this amazing opportunity, you know, at a regional theater or or off Broadway or on Broadway, whatever, just staying there in that moment mm-hmm. and seeing it for what it is and seeing how fortunate you are to be there. Yeah. Instead of, you know, longing for more. And it's, you know, it's it's hard because I've had people tell me, and maybe you've had this experience, but they're like, well, you've starred on Broadway, so, you know, you know that feeling or whatever. And, and, mm-hmm. and I'm like, yes, I can come from a place of experience where I know the feeling of starring on Broadway, but I also know the feeling of starring in a show that is not on Broadway geographically and having that same you know, part of my spirit light up. Oh, man. It's not, this is where it's very hard for the people who are, especially the younger people who I've talked to. It's really not just about the geography of it. Yes, you know, they're like rolling their eyes when I say that. And they're like, but you've, you know, yes, it's exciting. It's amazing to, you know, like you played Jean Valjean in Les Mis on Broadway. That feeling you can recall and light up. I can. It was not my favorite. It was not your favorite. Okay. (laughs) Well, okay. Maybe, Uh you know. Hold on. Hold on. You lost me. Hold on. Uh Uh-oh. Can you hear me? I can hear you. I still can hear you. Okay. Thank good. you it was for just my volume went away all of a sudden, and I thought, well, I hope my mic hasn't gone away too. Oh. <laughs> Trust me, I feel like all <laughs> all of that has all happened in this podcast. When I first right. started, I used to I was doing it on Skype audio, and I was like, this is not good. <laughs> this is terrible. And <laughs> I know I teach I teach all my students on different formats, you know, Facebook, Zoom, yeah. Google Chat, and and they all have their issues and. But for the most part, it's so amazing when you think about it that that technology has allowed us to continue really doing what we do. Yeah, and or a form of it, right? As long as you have patience, <laughs> eventually it will work itself out. We're all perfectionists. Nobody has patience. <laughs> it's true. I come well, from the ballet world too, so I really don't have patience with myself, oh especially. I'm just, it's like, really? That's why it took me so long to get to a place of gratitude. But sure. <laughs> that world, I can't even imagine. The, you know, dance for me has always eluded me, and it has never been something that I've even remotely been able to think about doing. Yeah. And, and somehow, mirac- oh, let me just say this. I'll tell this. This is my favorite story because this sort of encapsulates this experience through my whole life. Yeah. I have always been a singer first, more so than an actor. I mean, singing was my love. It's what I did. So I was a studio singer in Nashville. And I had lunch one day during a session with a friend from, 
well, he's now a friend. At the time, I didn't know him. He was a guy from California who had flown in to do this session with us. And he stood next to me on the mic. And then we went to lunch together. And he said, well, just tell me more about what you want to do. What, you know, what are you up to? Yeah. And I said, well, I love singing, but I miss an audience. I would love to do what I do in front of an audience. And he said, well, have you ever done theater? And I said, high school, you know, (laughs) here and there. (laughs) And he said, oh, cool. So that was the end of that. And a year later, Craig Barna with the National Tour of Jesus Christ Superstar, the 25th anniversary tour. Oh, yeah. I remember that tour. Ted Neely, Carl Anderson, Uh Sarita Wright, Dennis DeYoung, uh, came through Nashville. And I got a call from Craig Barna saying, I hear that I'm supposed to hear you while I'm in Nashville. (laughs) Okay. Awesome. You know, I, I literally, I was as green as you could be and had no idea. And I just said that to him. I was old enough at that point and, and successful enough in the music business that I could say, look, I don't know what I'm doing. And he said, well, just come on in. So I go in and I sing. He said, would you, when would you be able to start? We need a replacement for Peter. And I said, Craig, I, I don't dance. I don't, I'm not really much of an actor other than in my real life. And <laughs> he said, oh, don't worry about it. We'll work it out. We'll figure it out. I'm thinking, how is this even possible? Yeah. And sure enough, they hire me. I'm, I end up doing the last six months of that national tour and, or that version of the national tour. Yeah. And I, the choreography and the one number that I had to do, I never learned. I never got it right (laughs) once. Never. Not once. And it was simple. It was like hand gestures and some movement. (laughs) Never learned it. To this day, I couldn't do it. But that's, but that's, (laughs) you know, (laughs) and you still didn't, and you still were in the show. That's, that's amazing. They still got to Could we start again? (laughs) Could we start again, please? And that, you know. It, who, that's why they hired me. They hired me for the voice. I get it. But uh, I, you know, the, the movement, the dance. Oh, yeah. Anytime there was a movement call, I just told my agent, nope. Not but going. you know what's funny? You know what's amazing about that? And I'm going to, I'm throwing you a compliment because to get a phone call for from somebody, A, who says to you, you know, I hear that I'm supposed to hear you. <laughs> well, like that was- alone, I'm like, Oh, that's never happened to me. Like, oh my well, God, the, the fact I, that I, that that you're known as somebody who has this voice, and so and you do, you have this miraculously awesome voice, well, and thank you. and when you have something like that, you don't need to do anything else, right? Well, I mean, really, you know, and thank you. And I think I think for me, it was sort of a um, a mix between industries. It was a yeah. music business person saying to uh, you know a musical theater. Um, music director and so it was I wasn't in the industry so I think that it was a little bit different he knew that he had to go we're having an open call or he couldn't have said we're having an open call in Nashville come sing yeah but isn't that funny isn't that funny for the people who are not in our industry thinking that you know theater and like film and television and the music industry and the you know where you would think it was all we all kind of meld together or talk to each other it's very different parts mm-hmm. of our industry that you usually don't cross over right so right. Yep. You, but you started you started in like you said you started doing like doing studio singing and this is and forgive me for not knowing this but where did you originally where have you originally grew up and then like how did you get to nashville well, I'll give you the abridged Because I heard a little bit of an accent, Eldred. I got to tell you. I <laughs> yeah. was like, ooh, I hear, you're talking about Nashville, and I hear a little tiny bit of, yeah. a, of an it's, accent. Again, it's that, it's that you know, everyday actor in me where <laughs> you start on a topic, and then you become that topic. Yeah. Um, <laughs> for me, I was raised in upstate New York. My father was a plumber. He had a plumbing and heating business. Okay. And, and at eight years old, he had a spiritual experience, and he packed up and moved us, the family, to... Fort Worth, Texas, where he went to Southwestern Theological Seminary to become a, a minister. Okay. Baptist, Southern Baptist. That's a big change. It was a huge change for an eight-year-old, but for everyone, it was just huge. And so over the, the course of the next several years, I became 
an evangelist with my family. I okay. mean, we had a bus like the Partridge family. We would, you know, they would pick me up on Fridays from school. We would tour. We would do churches, revivals, that kind of stuff as a singing family. And then they would drop me off on Monday morning back at the school. And your your brother and sisters, are they all sing? You guys all sing and Everybody play instruments sang. and stuff? Well, no. Um, we, uh, no. Um, <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> I'm the only one who, who became a professional musician. Okay. But um, everybody was very talented in my family. I mean, my, my mom, who was so shy, had the most beautiful voice, but she just wouldn't, she rarely would let anybody hear it. Oh, really? My dad was a stunning singer. Oh, wow. And um, did it, was it, was it trained? Was it just like coming out of just singing in, in church or? Mm-hmm. It th- was not trained. Not trained at all. Awesome. My dad, my dad uh, was a big all-state band guy and big baritone. Uh, he probably had voice lessons at some point in school or something. But yeah. the rest of my family, there was no, you know, I I certainly had private lessons, and you know, was in every music class offered because that's where I wanted to be when yeah. I was, you know, from from grade six on. That was my whole life. That's when you noticed you could sing at you know, six. Well. Or just always, you just always kind of knew it. Yeah. I mean, I was an adult choir when I was seven years old. Oh my God. At church. At church. So, you know, harmonies, that kind of stuff just came naturally through whatever my my family, my dad, my mom gave me, you know, through having me. But, um, you know, it, for me, I started in Christian music. I started as a minister. Um, that's all I knew at that point mm-hmm. in my life. Um, and ended up leaving college where I was a voice major uh, for one year and joining a contemporary Christian group called Truth. Okay. And I was on the road living on a, in a bus basically for two and a half years with them. And we recorded in Nashville, Tennessee. So when I was announcing that I was leaving the group, I had the option of moving to Nashville because I had some a couple of record labels interested, or I could move to New York to be a ringer in the Brooklyn Tabernacle Choir. Oh wow, <laughs> another <laughs> big me, change. Yeah, Life to change, me, yeah, exactly. To me, the idea of that now, I'm like, God, I wish I'd done that. But <laughs> yeah, at the same time, my dream had always been to be a you know contemporary Christian recording artist. Yeah. So by the time I was 19, I had my first record deal. Um, had two albums out by the time I was 20, um, did, you know, fairly well. I wasn't a huge, you know, Amy Grant, Michael W. Smith kind of star, but I, you know, I did pretty well. Yeah. And that's Um, a whole nother world that I don't really know anything about at all in terms of the, the, the Christian, but it's, it's huge, a huge audience. It certainly was then. Yeah. And I think it still is. I think it is. It's just taken a different form now. Yeah. Um, but at the time it was, you know, you, you did concerts and you, you were on the radio and you, you know, that, all of that festivals, big festivals. I did all that stuff yeah. and when I was really young and then I met my husband of 27 years, which threw a big kink into that career plan, obviously. Yeah. yeah. Um, and long story short, that's sort of when I found studio work. Because it was acceptable to be behind the scenes with my issue or my problem, but not in front of audiences. So, so did they? So, when you met your 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 husband at the time, did they make it known to you like this is not you can't do you can't perform oh, anymore? It was like absolutely okay. And I was singing with some of the largest names in yeah. Christian music. Yeah, um, and that changed. You know, obviously, immediately, some were a, a lot more understanding than others. But the bottom line is, I that was singing gospel music was not an option for me anymore. It's, uh, it, yeah, because I wasn't sorry about who I was. Of course, if I had been sorry about what I was struggling with, then I would have still been accepted. Yeah, but to be okay with it and come to terms with it, um, much to. <laughs> I would say, I would say my now ex, but, but my, we're still, you know, amazing friends and he's a great 
great man, but yeah. he was also 25 years older than me. Yeah. And he really helped me see things differently. Mm-hmm. And I'm grateful to this day yeah. that, that his experience helped me to sort of look at everything and go, you know what? You guys are wrong. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> all, none of us are perfect and none of us have this down. Yeah. But this whole idea that has kept me miserable and in shame and, and self-hatred and all that, you, you were just wrong about it. You're yeah. wrong. Yeah. And move on. Move, yeah. So I'm fortunate for that experience. Also, it forced me, this was supposed to be an abridged version. But it <laughs> Never. Forced me. It's not, no, I was going to say, this is a, we got to have a part two because there's a lot of things we got to, yeah, no, I'm, I'm. Well, okay, but I'll try to rush it. <laughs> no, but not it at all. Keep me, going. It forced me into finding a different outlet for my music. So I started with becoming a professional studio singer, which was amazing. I mean, you'd go in, you'd spend nine hours a day in the studio singing either jingles or song demos for, you know, I did demos for almost every country star in the 80s. Oh, wow. Um, that does um, sound like fun, actually. I mean, I don't know a, how it actually feels because if you're not doing your work. own music or whatever, well, you know. Yeah, there's some pride issues, too, but it, mostly it was hard work yeah and which is why it paid really well and I was doing really well at that point yeah because I was working all the time and here's um, a quick here's a quick question mm -hmm. curiosity wise when you finally got um feeling authentic about who you were did it change did it (laughs) (laughs) honey that's a whole nother podcast right (laughs) Yeah, just no, the other but, day. Just the As other day, fact. actually, this morning. Um, <laughs> no, but uh, but when you when you really got in touch with um, who you were or who you or what you felt you were hiding, all these things, your authenticity of you, mm-hmm. did it change how you sang? Oh, absolutely. I, I can't imagine it doesn't because I I have not. Um, I, I have had mm-hmm. I've had a different uh, a different shedding of that feeling and singing differently, but not uh, not, of course, in that that way. And so mm-hmm. that was my first thought that I didn't want to forget to ask you because it is such a it's such a spiritual thing, no pun intended, but it's such a, such a spiritual thing to sing. Mm-hmm. And I myself left the Catholic Church because of what my my the leaders in my church were saying about um, homosexuality and all of that. And mm-hmm. it, it completely, I, it's, it's, it's basically, you can't go back. And, and, and I felt more spiritually connected when I, when I said no to that, you know what I mean? Like, I, I feel like when you're mm-hmm. more in touch with your truth or you're more um, you're standing up and saying you're wrong, this is how I feel. And this is right. That it mm-hmm. changes your spirit and therefore your art. It does. And honestly, I, I become a different singer every year. Yeah. <laughs> it's really amazing to me. And I'm not nearly the perfectionist uh, and, or as hard on myself as I used to be. And I think that just comes with age. Yeah, that's true. But the perfection, I mean, the, I, I was, I had to be what people wanted me to be for so long mm-hmm. that you really just focus on a lot of things that don't matter as much as just communicating a lyric. Yeah. And, you know, I, I got, I decided to become picky about what I would sing, what mm-hmm. role I would take. Um, it had to somehow connect with me either spiritually or internally somehow. Yeah. Or I wouldn't do it because, you know, you got to be true to yourself at some point. Yeah. And so it's, it really has been an ongoing process. I, I will say that this song that I just released um, here for you is maybe the first time in my life, my career, that I have felt entirely like it's truly me singing that song. Oh, wow. Yeah. Because I wrote it. And I wrote it with with two guys that I love and I know well and I know their hearts. And we put a lot of time and energy into what the song should be about. Mm-hmm. Um I love that song. I I just listened to it again today and I was like, ah, it's so great. And you can hear that. Just what you said, you, you really can hear that. And you know, it, it, 
it sometimes takes, this is where we go back to, it's a marathon, not a sprint. Sometimes it takes an evolution of time to get to that point. Well, and it takes things like COVID. (laughs) To Um, get the time to do it and the, yeah. Well, that and then to also realize that, you know, we don't have, we don't necessarily have tomorrow Mm -hmm. to plan to do the things that we need to do. And it really did push me forward this year and it made me realize, you know, I'm not getting younger. Yeah. And I still haven't put out an album that I've written. You know, I've written songs on a few of my albums. I've, I've, you know, I've got a handful of songs that I'm proud of that I will actually play to people. Are you? <laughs> the rest of it's them so I won't funny. show anybody. It, yes. <laughs> no, I hear you. And I, it, it's funny because I, it's, it's another thing that uh, you and I have in common is, is songwriting and, and, and also the, the, and I don't know if this is everybody who's a songwriter. I'm sure it's not. But there is this tentative thing about showing your, your like playing each song to people. I don't know if it's mm. like a criticism thing, which, you know, you would think by now I've had mm. enough criticism in my life that I'm like, whatever, well, you know. It's just such a vulnerable process. It really and is. That's what it is, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And you're, you know, you're you might think that this message and this melody and this rhythm is the best thing that's ever come out of your body Mm -hmm. and you play it for somebody and they go, Ooh, why didn't you do this way? And you're like, no. And so (laughs) you weren't the person. (laughs) Right. It's hard to, it's hard to not take that incredibly personally. And And I, yeah, it's the, it's the whole thing of, of being, um, you have to be sensitive, you have to be open, you have to be all these things that you need to be to create something like that. And that you have to have this crazy thick skin mm -hmm. when you do reveal, you know, all of your vulnerabilities and your diary in a sense to people. Um, when did you start? Let me just say this because I think it's really important. Also, as time goes on, you begin to really understand how relative it all is anyway like what's a great songwriter or a great song to one person Mm -hmm. is a piece of trash to the other person yep and so if you're if you're judging yourself by what you believe to be the best of the best of the best some people think it isn't the best of the best of the best so you what I have finally decided to do, I, you know, I have so many incredible lifelong friends that have won Grammy awards for songwriting that have some of the most amazing titles. I could go down the list of just people that I'm close with that Mm -hmm. are amazing writers, celebrated writers. So it's always been an intimidating process for me to, to think, Oh, I'm going to write a song. Oh (laughs) my God. You have no play. You have no right or no place. And this is what I've told myself for years. Uh And then Lately, I've realized it's never going to be as good as I can't make you love me if you don't, or it's never going to be as good as, you know, God bless the broken road, but it's you and it's what you need to say. Mm-hmm. It's what, you know, you have a, a place and a responsibility to share all the things that you've learned, what matters to you. Um, and, you know, that has become a priority of mine now. Yeah. So I'm going to do it. Yeah. I'm doing it. And But even know, more it, so, the those those people who wrote the songs you mentioned and really, you know, a, a lot of I'm sure tons of writers are thinking the first initial thought is like, well, it's not ever going to be as good as Right. Whatever your bar is, right? And I'm or like, country music's not country. Country radio is not going to play this because yeah, it's too or, heady, or yeah, or I didn't mention a truck or whatever it is. But you <laughs> know, there are all these things that make people not do something. Because but there's it's... also 500 examples of the people who wrote something that that you know it it broke a barrier or it you know or people loved it and they weren't sure, sure about it or or whatever. That's what's so interesting about our business and so interesting about everybody thinking they know what is going to be a hit or what's going to be, mm-hmm. you know, there are people who absolutely, they're like, this is a hit song. But then there's, there's people who don't, they're not really sure and they don't know why the song took off or whatever. And I right. really just think it's not censoring <laughs> ourselves before we're not being critical before we're creative. You know, it's trusting. It's, it's trusting, trusting. Yeah, that you have that you've been through enough. You've paid attention enough. You 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 understand things that a nineteen year old wouldn't. 
or you know whatever that you trust that it might not be the best song in the world but it's worthy of being out there yeah and yeah. that's where i am in general and yeah i'm thinking of that what is that song um baby you're a song and you make me want to roll my windows down and groove um <laughs> i like, like it a, i don't wait, know wait, that song it's like a brand new chevy with a lift kit you look uh, uh, it looks a hell of a lot better with you up in it <laughs> i like it now whoever wrote that pardon me piece of crap <laughs> never imagined and it's probably somebody i know and i'm gonna get in trouble for saying this but never imagined that that i'm guessing would have gotten to be one of the biggest country hits of all times. Who you know? knew? And um, I like it. That I, I got to right. tell you, I don't listen to country. I'm sorry to all the country people <laughs> listening. I apologize. I'm not saying I've never, I've never listened to country. I love country, but hearing you sing that song, it's the first time I've heard it, and I'm like, I like this song. <laughs> well, it's fun. It's a fun song. It's a fun and, song. You know, it's got a great groove, and it's got a. It's fun. You know, the lyric is a hell of a lot better with you up in it. <laughs> Rhymes with lift kit. <laughs> I don't I mean, even know what a lift kit is. It's a, it's when you get a truck and you okay, I don't have a truck. That's why. And you you know you you the suspension <laughs> is higher and it's just you know it's so country radio. Which, <laughs> I you know look I'm not well maybe I am maybe I am <laughs> bitchy about it but still you just you know you you can't compare you do, you just don't really have an idea of what the audience is going to think is great or isn't going to think is great. Yeah. You don't. And now there is a fine art to writing hits. Yes. I get that. Yes. But even that changes on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. And if you don't keep up with just taking risks and trying things, you'll never write a hit unless you're really lucky. Yeah. And most people aren't really lucky. And what's the, so what going into 2021 where we're, you know, we're in it, Mm -hmm. (laughs) which is not, not the greatest start of, 2021 right but what what risks do you feel like you need to take now and I know it's it I always kind of think about in my new year like the crap that I'm leaving in the in the past year what Mm -hmm. gems can I bring forward with me and what can I create you know and so what do you how are you feeling about that with this coming Mm. year you know I think a lot of us are still sort of holding off in a sense that none of us really know what's going to happen or what to expect. Not that we ever do, but more so right now. I'm, it's, I'm, I'm sort of just. We're still in a holding pattern. Yeah. We're still waiting to see. Yeah. I mean, I would, here's what I know for sure. I know that music heals. Mm-hmm. It's trite, but it's 100% true. Oh yeah. And so for me to be able to, positively touch an audience with what I write and sing and perform Mm -hmm. there at this point in my life, there is not a larger goal for me. I don't want any awards. I don't want to make a million dollars per song. I really don't at this point. I'm like, this is what I do. Yeah. I've been through stages of doing all sorts of other things, but what I do right now is create some form of hope. Mm-hmm. It's not huge. It's not life changing. I don't look at it that way, but I look at, and it might be the fact that I'm a preacher's kid. I don't know, but I look at what I've been given as something that I can make a different, a positive difference with. And that's that is the goal, right? I mean, who knows what kind of impact your you know your recent single here for you? Who knows what that's going to do to somebody? Mm-hmm. I've and gotten lots of yeah, letters and, and already. emails and messages from people who And that's who a said, ripple Man, effect. I need to hear that. That's mm-hmm. a ripple effect that I think that every artist should should want to have. And you know, it's it's coming from a place of like I don't expect awards, I don't expect money, I don't expect to change anybody's life, but I know that my my job and what I do, not even my job, who I am is mm-hmm. being a creative entity in this right. world and I'm going to put it out there and, and not I be good at it. And, and you want to be good do, at it. Yeah. Yeah, I want to offer 
the very best that I can offer, mm-hmm. the very best, and I want to feel good about that. And I'll never be okay with less. But honestly, I'm barely okay with the best that I do. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you know? So we are very so honestly, alike. I, we are very alike, Eldred. I'm the same. <laughs> I'm the same. I really. It's it's taken me a while to be able to put stuff out there, anything yeah. that I do, and be happy with it. And that's kind of a. I think that's the torturous way of an artist, a perfectionist, mm-hmm. somebody who expects a lot from themselves and not in a way that is about ego at least for me it doesn't feel like it's all about me it's that I expect more from what I have in my mind of what I want this to be like my expectations of the art of it and how it comes out and and I don't know it's it's a it's a very interesting um therapy conversation about <laughs> about right. why are you never happy but it's 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 very common it's very common to not um well, sure yeah when you're creative Absolutely. yeah if you're a creative soul which i'm just so glad you are in this world because <laughs> i i Likewise. have i have to tell you hearing your voice it is healing and here and being on stage with you and and i i go back to i was thinking about that this morning go back to the fact that watching you I was a backup singer in Yuletide in one of your beautiful songs, and you were just <laughs> singing and gloriously. I'm looking at the audience and their faces, and I love to be in that moment. I love to be – I'm a part of the song, but I'm I'm also an observer, and I'm observing mm. the molecular energy that's happening and the way that the audience is, is reacting off of you, your soul coming out of your mouth, and the way that that sounds and that incredible – gift that you're giving the world and just relishing in that. And I miss it. I really do. I I love being on stage with you and we only got to do it, you know, for well, what so was far. it a week? So far. So far. It was quick. It was fast and furious. <laughs> yeah. Like all ATP things are fast and furious. Mm-hmm. It was a great opportunity. I mean, it was, a, I loved it. I had a great time. Yeah. And, you know, and then also just to return some of this praise to you, you know, watch, getting to watch you do what you do, which is a lot. <laughs> um, it, it's, a lot. The, uh, it's a the lot. The latest Yuletide, the yeah. virtual Yuletide was, was great for me. And it was thank you. Um, really wonderful. And more than I knew, I mean, I guess I didn't know you played piano. I didn't, I just, you know, there's a lot I didn't know. And so it was <laughs> I try to see you <laughs> featured and showcased in the way that you were. I'm thank you. Um, it's a it's a mutual and I look love fest. To doing more of it. Yes, that yeah, is. Yes, <laughs> and why not? Right? And why not? And I feel <laughs> and I and I feel fortunate to be surrounded by, by you and and know you and and I. This is where I get I get giddy about the future, and and thinking about this coming year, the years after that, and what can possibly be created, and that mm-hmm. impact on the world. And I think you're already you're already doing so much, and there's more to come. You know, I am currently writing with my friend Dan Sharkey um, a new piece that will be a story and song, basically a two-man show. Oh, nice! That uh, I'm really excited about. I'm not talking much about it yet because it's in very the very initial stages. But, yeah. Um, but but it's that's begun. One thing that I'm yeah, <laughs> and I think it's a it's actually the story of the young boy Billy Tate who joined the Pioneer Express. Oh, okay. To revenge the death of his family in the um, in the Mountain Meadows massacre, um, which was 1853. Um, it was a Mormon slash Indian attack on a wagon train. Oh, that wow! Was coming from Arkansas to California, stopped in Salt Lake City. I know nothing of this, and I'm now oh, I'm, now a, I'm excited great, about it. Oh my god, that's great, awesome! Horrible story. I mean, it's a, it's, a great and horrible story. It is. Yeah. It, no, it, it sounds like it, it. What it shows, which I love this about it, is it. It's a story of courage. Mm-hmm. And boy, if we don't need that right now. Oh yeah. I mean, you know, courage for everyone involved in all of this mess that we're going through. Yeah. You know, let's just. Some of us just let's just so learn and show some courage mm-hmm. and you know stand up for what you believe and take care of your own yep. against all odds and against what other people think, you know, whatever. Courage, courage, courage. So that's why I'm really turned on by this project, yeah. Um, and then writing and making music and continuing 
to help that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, what I have to learn is to shut up and stay off of social media and not <laughs> oh, God. say everything I believe all the time. Cause I know it's it hard. Help. It really often doesn't help. It's hard for, for me. I know <laughs> I should take that advice. Yes. It's hard. It's hard. And it's such a part oh, of our worst. culture. Yeah. Come on. I'm the worst. <laughs> I, I just, I, you know, I think something and I type it. That's yeah. just the bottom line. I delete, I do delete more than I post, but, <laughs> oh, God. but yeah. you know, for me, it, it isn't as useful and helpful that, uh, of a tool as writing a great song. Mm-hmm. I, I just believe that. I, yeah. I, you know, I'm not saying it isn't a helpful and useful tool, but I don't think for me it's as useful as me writing a song. But there's other ways it. to use our voice. There's many ways to use our voice and, sure. and the way we feel and, and stand in our truth and all those things. And, and, you know, I don't think we should shy away from it, but I think that there is, there is a time to listen or there is a time to maybe not always comment. I'm I'm figuring, absolutely. And I'm thinking those times that are correct are rarely ever on social media. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's a great outlet, but I'm not sure that it's always appropriate. And I'm speaking only for myself. Yes. I, I'm, again, I'm Oh, you're horrible. speaking for many, many of us. Yes. Thank you. It's very true. <laughs> right. Oh, well, I adore you. And I thank you so much for this conversation. Likewise. I am just so looking forward to all the things that you are creating, have created. I, you know, I hope everybody who's listening will just envelop themselves in everything you, um, because you're just wonderful. You're thank just a you wonderful me. person and, and, a, and a beautiful artist. So thank you. Thank you. I feel the same way about you and your husband. <laughs> Both of you. We're pretty good people. More you than him. But... Oh, good. Okay. Well, <laughs> that's kidding. on. That's going to be kidding. on here. I'm going to keep that. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much. Thanks for letting All me All right, in. my friend. Ramble on. Of course. Of course. To support this podcast, make a donation, or become a sponsor, visit confessionsofanactress.com. And be sure to follow us on Instagram for our live Talkin' Tuesday series with former podcast guests. And check in every Wednesday for our bonus episodes, Wellness Wednesdays. And if you're feeling super generous, head over to Apple Podcasts on iTunes and give us a five-star review. I really appreciate it. And remember, have vision for what you want, but be grateful for where you are every single day. Every single day.